Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and today on drboycetv.com and the Black Financial Channel, we're going to talk about uh, this really interesting lady who was interviewed by Ayana Van Zandt, or Ayana interviewed her, and she literally said she would never date a bus driver, and uh, Ayana kind of gave her the business after that, and <clears throat> we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to ask you this question. Would you date a bus driver, and is there anything wrong with somebody who says they would not date a bus driver? So get comfortable. Buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under the B1 condition. B1 means we are black first. Black first means we put our community at the top of our priority list. Black first means we educate our kids. Black first means we move our people ahead of the curve and we break generational curses. If you agree with this philosophy, put a B1 in the chat. B1 stands for Black First. I want to say what's going on. My name is Corey. Let me know what city you're from, by the way. Durama's from uh, Mosley from uh, B1 from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas is where I'm going to be next. We're actually doing a uh, Black Wealth training camps, uh, two-day training camps where you get to network and learn. And we're going to go through my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power in detail. Dallas is the next stop. It's the last stop. So if you want to fly into Dallas, uh, I will be there with Tim Jackson next week. So uh, May 19th, uh, feel free to uh, join us. Uh, just go to boycewatkins.com and you can figure out how to join us in Dallas right away. So uh, let's see. I see Dell Pops Bradford. I see you've got your, your two cents in there like that. Robin Graham from Newark, New Jersey. My mother's name is Robin, so I love you already. Uh, Michael Murrow, love the videos. Well, I love you too, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, Brain on the Block from Pensacola, Florida. Kimberly Logan, uh, how you doing, sister? Uh, let's see. I can see where Kimberly. Kimberly's from Delaware. Uh, Joe Biden's town, right? Uh, Robert, let's see. Byron Riley out of Charlotte and Miss Gang Smashers. I don't know what that miss gangs what gangs you smashing girl don't be smashing no gangs anyway i'm kidding all right so let me uh speaking of that you know what's funny all right so let's let's jump into our topic because uh because i i saw uh on my instagram my instagram is the real boys Watkins, and i put this video up i'm not going to play it here because youtube gets funny about copyrights and all that so uh you can go to my instagram if you want to see the actual video but i can describe it here my uh, instagram is the real boys Watkins, t-h-e the real boys Watkins, not the fake and i put up this video uh, where Ayanna Van Zant, the one and only, the legendary, the extraordinary, the brilliant Ayanna Van Zant, was on the griot and she was interviewing with a, an interesting black woman who basically was kind of, you know, basically saying she started the question off by saying, I'm not going to ask you to uh, indict young black men, which right there kind of tells you that she's, you know, kind of feeling some sort of way about black men. And, uh, and so she says, I'm not going to ask you to indict them or use <clears throat> some language like that. And she said um, that basically she said the dating pool is kind of difficult for black women. She said that, you know, it's kind of messed up that, you know, we can't find men who can uh, be providers and earners and stuff like that. And I put the video up there and that's me with my confused face. I was actually uh, since health is wealth. I was at and I tell you all about my health journey because I really want to make sure we all really embrace wealth. Uh, wealth is just as important as health. And uh, anyway, so I was on the treadmill. And I was like, wow, <clears throat> this lady's comments are really interesting. So this this lady was basically saying, you know, that dating black, the dating and the dating pool is bad. And she didn't single out to her credit. She didn't just single out black men. She said across the board, she said all ethnicities, uh, she said, and she literally said, I did them all, I, which I don't know if she meant for it to sound like that. She sounded like she literally said, I did them all, like all the age groups, all ethnicities. I mean, you can't be out here just doing everybody. Come on now. Anyway, but she says she did it all. That's what she said. That's her, those are her words. And you go watch the video on the real boys walkers and uh, anyway she uh she then asked ayana like what 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 should we do like basically as black women how do we date when the dating pool is so bad and the economic and she was talking mostly about economics <clears throat> and uh you know that it always perks up my ears and my spidey senses when i hear uh someone talk about money and economics a lot of the things that you see are really about money you just may think it's about something else. For example, uh, my wife and I watched the Whitney Houston uh, documentary or, or film about Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Has anybody else seen that? 
is it give me a yes if you've seen that documentary it's called i want to dance with somebody and uh and i watched the whole thing and it's all about whitney her rise to fame her connection to clive davis her uh relationships with bobby brown and robin uh the other lady that she was dating and then also the downfall how her father literally died with her being mad at her father because they were fighting over money and i said oh i get it this is a this was a financial show this is a financial like i could teach a financial i could teach a finance class off this off this movie because basically um it, you know you talk about financial psychology and literally this was an example where money destroyed things in your life that that money cannot buy uh, you have three things in your life that tend to matter, health, wealth, and relationships. Those are three things that are connected, almost like a holy trinity. Well, if you are too obsessed with money, like Whitney's father was, uh, then you're going to destroy your health. Uh, you're you're going to probably destroy your wealth with greed and stuff like that or overspending. And then you're going to destroy your relationships. So she lost her relationship with her father. She also lost her health. And ultimately, she lost her life. So I don't really know if it was worth it. Maybe it was worth it. You know, she made a couple hundred million uh, dollars, I'm sure, over her career. Was it worth it? I don't know. What do you all think? Do you think it's worth it? Would you die at the age of 49? Um, in exchange for the life that Whitney Houston had. I don't know. But anyway, um, the point here that I'm getting at is that, you know, when you talk about money, it's really fascinating how money spills over into almost everything that we do. So in this particular case with this lady that I saw on the Grio talking to Ayanna Van Zandt, she was basically saying the dating pool sucks. And she said it sucks because these dudes ain't got no money. Like that's kind of pretty much what it was, right? It was a very one-dimensional conversation. And uh, and and I and what I love about Ayanna is Ayanna then turned and she made this this poor lady the subject of the conversation. She turned and said, "Would you date a bus driver?" And she says, and "The lady's like, oh well." You, and she says, "No, no, no. You would you date a bus driver?" And the lady said, "Well, if he owned the bus, <laughs> if he owned the bus." And and I was like, "Wow, that's 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 interesting, right?" Um, I mean, I told you all ownership is important. You know, in my new book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, one of the rules of economic power is that ownership is the key to power. That's the 10th rule of the, of the Ten Commandments. Uh, but so I like the idea that, that she understands that ownership matters. But I, but I, But the problem is sometimes we go a little bit overboard and we make the mistake of believing that somebody is a good catch just because they have money. Or we make the mistake of believing that someone is a bad catch just because they don't have money. And that's as simple minded as a man saying, um, I could marry a woman if she has a big booty, but if she has no booty, then she can't be marriage material. Now, what do y'all think about that? I would, do y'all think that the lady was kind of going overboard by saying she would she would only date a bus driver if he um, if he owned the bus? Or do you think that it's her right to say that? Uh, what do y'all think? Do you think it's reasonable? Do you think it's kind of out of control? What do y'all think? And I and I wanted to bring this up because I think that that this deserves a nuanced conversation. This does not deserve a yay or nay conversation or discussion where we just vilify this young lady for her honesty. I think it's good for people to be honest. I think it's okay for people to want what they want. Um, I you know the anti channel says the double standard is real. Well, you know, get used to it, man. That's life. Uh, life is full of double standards, uh, and I accept that. Remember, black men and women, men and women are not expected, don't have the same things expected of them. They, they, they just don't. Uh, excuse me. A woman could be sexy as she want to be in her Burger King uniform and get all the play that she wants. A man in a Burger King uniform is going to have a hard time getting a date from certain women. Right. A man in a Burger King uniform is not going to get the same number of options as a woman in a Burger King uniform. That's that's just a reality. Right. <clears throat> but then there's double standards that work in favor of men. Uh, a man if he's got money or certain swag or whatever it is, he can have a big beer belly. He can look like Shrek and get all kinds of play. Biggie, Biggie talked about it. Biggie would say, I'm black and ugly as ever, right? Biggie was not an attractive man, but Biggie had plenty of women. Would you date, fellas, would you date a woman who looked like Biggie? Imagine you put Biggie in a wig, right? Well, let's say Biggie became transgender and he put on a wig. Fellas, would you date a woman that looked like Biggie? How would you feel? Would you feel like that was a high quality, high value woman? No, you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't. Right. You wouldn't see her the same. So so the double standards are everywhere. And I and, I, and what drives me crazy is when men expect women to do the same things that men are supposed to do. And when women expect men to do the, men to do the same things that women do. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I am. You know, I, I fall right into the double standards. I, For example, um, you know, somebody said, well, why? It ain't right that uh, she said, I know a girl who expects her man to pay to get her nails done and her hair done. And she could pay for it herself. Why would that ain't right? That's a double standard. I said, well, you know what? To be honest with you, um, I, I like when my wife cooks and I could probably cook and learn how to cook if I want to. But I don't want to. I don't want to cook. I could I could cook. I just don't. 
And so I go into the kitchen and I say, what's for dinner? And I don't even look at any pots or pans. I don't know where none of the food is. I don't know, no recipes, no nothing. But I'll be like, when we going to eat? What are we cooking tonight? Right. And so so I'm not sitting here saying the double standards are OK. I'm just saying to you, anybody that's smart and intelligent enough to really want to have healthy relationships. I'm trying to let you all understand that double standards are everywhere, man. Double standards exist all throughout society. Who told you who told you as a man or as a woman that life was fair and that men and women are going to be treated the same in every situation? If, the, if anybody who told you that was lying to you. That's just not reality. Give me a yes if you can at least acknowledge what I'm saying. Let me know if you at least get what I, part of what I'm saying here. All right, so anyway, let's get back to it. Do me a favor, by the way. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. As I mentioned to you guys, I'm going to be in Dallas on May, May 19th uh, doing a two-day Black Wealth training camp. You're going to love it. Everybody loves it. Uh, we did Houston last time. Dallas is our last city. And also, I have a new book out called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It is on Amazon. It's a bestseller. It's an extraordinary book. The, the reviews are extraordinary, almost 4.9 stars out of five. I know you're going to like it. And it's basically 10 simple rules that any family can follow to build a legacy of generational wealth that lasts for the next 200 years. I'm not playing here. My PhD is in finance, and I'm sharing all my doctorate with you. And hope in the book costs about 22 bucks. So uh, for $22, I guarantee you I can change your life. So uh, feel free to take a look at the book if that's of interest to you. All right. So uh, let's keep going here. All right. So uh, and also I want to mention Miriam closes ATL. She's uh, the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, Miriam is a, a realtor in Atlanta who does residential multifamily property. I hope you'll go to in Instagram and follow this sister because she's supporting this platform and I want to support her. So Miriam closes ATL. If you want to look into getting into real estate or buy some property in Atlanta, go check out Miriam. Uh, her her uh, Instagram information is right here below. Uh, and if you'd like to ever sponsor a podcast, just go to drboysfinance.com, drboysfinance.com. All right. So let's, let's get back into this. So Here's the deal. Here's here's my take on this woman who uh, we were talking about earlier, who basically said I would never date a bus driver. I'm going to just be honest with you. I'm going to probably have an opinion that's slightly different from some people. I'm going to just basically say, like, I, first of all, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think it's outrageous for her to say this? How many of you heard this and said this is stupid? This is crazy. This shows that these women have unrealistic standards. They don't make they ain't got no damn sense. How many of you feel that way? And give me a yes if you if you if you agree with that statement. Um, and I'm going to tell you, Ayana felt that way, too. Ayana basically kind of let her know, like, yes, she would date a bus. She said, look, I would date a bus driver if he was a good man, if he worked hard, if he treated me well and treated his mama well, I would date a bus driver. Um, and, and I'm going to just say, go ahead and say not to defend what the lady said, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say I think it's well within her rights to want what she wants. Um, uh, the only thing I question is why does she want that? And what I would question is I would say, why do you feel – that uh, a man who drives a bus can't under any conditions, any circumstances, be a better man for you than a man who owns the bus company. Like, well, why is it that this important decision of who you're going to spend your life with, who you're going to have children with, who you're going to uh, allow into your body and any STDs or anything else that they might have, who, why in the world is it that the man owning the bus company is the single most important and solo cri sole criteria for deciding you know, it, whether or not that's a man you want to be with. I think that's a recipe for disaster. That's what I'm getting at. I think that's a recipe for disaster. And the reason I say that is because a lot of your decisions in life have to be have to have multiple variables in those decisions. You know, one of the things that, that, that I think the Instagram culture has given us or a lot of young ladies not growing up with a father in the house. I'm talking about in the house, like in your face every morning when you get up for school um, is that I think that they maybe form these weird fantasies about men, uh, these very interesting fantasies about how perfect a man is supposed to be, how wealthy he's supposed to be, and all these other things, or this this false idea that a man who has money is better than a man who has less money. Um, I think maybe some financial trauma might come into play. If you are a woman who grew up broke and struggling and in poverty, then you may feel like, hey, you know what? If he if, if, if nothing going on with the rent, if he can't help me pay the bills and give me that financial security, then that's a deal breaker. That's literally the baseline need that he must fulfill in order for him to even have an opportunity to be my man. <clears throat> that's actually quite normal in the in the sense that um, when I wrote a book uh, years ago called Financial Lovemaking, in that book, uh, I did. I remember doing research on women and money. And I'm sorry, fellas, I hate to tell it. I hate to share this with you, but. Um, you know, financial security is really important for women, for a lot of women, especially women who don't have it. Women who have it, it's not as important. But women who grew up poor, 
or struggling or don't have enough money to do everything they want to do. Maybe they have kids. Financial security does make a big difference for them. And you can't get mad at them for that. Don't go. You can't call them all gold diggers. You know, just like um, I can't call you a pervert because you like a woman with long hair and a big booty. That's your right. You can have the right to want whatever you want. And I think that when you but but here's the other thing, too, that people don't consider is when you talk about wanting what you want. Uh, I noticed that there that sometimes we can get into the habit of spending so much time scrutinizing the opposite sex that we don't spend any time scrutinizing ourselves. Uh, how many of you have seen this on the Internet? Has anybody ever seen like spaces like the Manosphere where all they do is talk about what's wrong with women? All they do is talk about how women are doing this and women are doing that and women are blah, blah, blah. Women are unreal. Or, or you go to other spaces where you get a bunch of women together and all they can do is talk about what's wrong with men. Every time a woman gets a divorce, it's because something that the man did not do. I was not happy. He was verbally abusive. He was whatever. What does that mean? Does that mean that he just didn't put up with your BS? Is that why you left him? Is that why you broke up with him? Because he wouldn't let you uh, abuse him. Maybe that's the situation. I, we don't know that, right? But you, you notice a lot of people tend to get in the habit of being really critical of the opposite sex, but not at all being critical of what it takes to actually be a person that is going to be desired by the opposite sex. Uh, let me just tell you this. Um, I, I I have my own perceptions of what it means to be a high value man or a high value woman. Uh, I can tell you that uh, that when I when I made it my goal to be a high value man, uh, sure, I would be careful and I would distinguish between what types of women I would want and what type of woman I wouldn't deal with. But I also said, OK, I get it. If I go out here and if I take good care of myself, if I learn how to treat a woman, uh, if I go make some money, if I get some education, get some status, get some success, then I'm not going to have to worry about people having high standards or double standards or unreasonable standards because I'm going to have women that are going to be interested in me because I'm showing up in, a, in an appropriate way. I'm not showing up just criticizing you or scrutinizing you. I've already gone through the vetting process for myself to do all that I can to make myself an appropriate catch when the right woman comes along. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like looking for a job. You know, you can sit around and complain about how hard the jobs are, how much work they make you do, how little the pay is and all that. But are you tightening up your resume? Are you going back to school and getting those extra credentials? Are you learning what it even takes to be a good team member for an organization so that they'll even want to hire you? Because let me just tell you this. In any market, I'm an economist. We think of everything in terms of markets. Dating is a market, just like a job market. In every market, there is something called supply and demand. Give me a yes if you know what supply and demand are. Supply and demand basically says that when you are bringing the goods to the table, when you're bringing something that's truly unique, when you're bringing something that's truly high value, when you really know what it means to take care of a woman, when you really know what it means to be good to a man, then guess what? You will be in high demand from quality people. Do you follow what I'm saying? So if you're not in high demand, pay attention. Now, I need you all to listen. This is for intelligent black people only. Idiots are not going to get this. Idiots are not going to understand what I'm saying. Look, if you are, If you're showing up and you are ready to deliver at a high level, people that do that, they don't tend to have any problems at all. So typically the people who complain, oh, ain't no good men out here. Ain't no good men out here at all. Well, it nine times out of 10, that's usually not a great woman because great women I know got men blowing their phones up, got men chasing them down from every corner of the globe, got men proposing to them every other month. Seriously. Or the men who are like, oh, these women, they unrealistic. They, they, they are high standards. They ain't right. You could be shopping outside of your pay grade. You could be like the person who is uh, who who has a who has a GED who wants to make as much money as a corporate lawyer. You can't make as much money as a corporate lawyer when all you got is a GED. You cannot show up with a high school diploma and say, I want to get paid like a medical doctor. So you can't show up as an average dude saying, I want to have above average women. You can't show up as an average woman expecting to get a, a, an above average man to want to be with you. Why? Well, because he's got better options than you. She's got better options than you. If you ever want to have more options, then you might have to lower your pay, either lower your, your expectation or up your game. You want to, you got one or the other. 
So, so that might mean going to the gym. That might mean learning how, uh, for example, I know women that know how men think, women who study men, like who read books about how men think and try to understand us, they tend to be a more appealing to men than women who sit around and judge us and attack us and tell us what's wrong with us. Women like that are not fun. It's very stressful. They nag you. It gets in your ear. It gets on your damn nerves. If you're a man who has options, you go the other direction. But the woman who listens, who understands and says, okay, let me, let me see if I can get where you're coming from. Oh man, men love women like that. They they follow they follow them. They 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 call them on the phone. Hey, I just want to share something with you that I can't really tell nobody else. But blah, blah, blah. that's how you get it out of people. You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Vinegar. Same thing is true on the other side. You know, if you're a man that treats women decently and shows up with something that women value and can it shows that you are a solid fucking man, then guess what? Women will be all over you like crazy. You won't have, you'll beat, have to beat them off with a stick, but you got to be solid. You know, you got to be, you got to bring something to the table. You have to even take the time to even learn what they might even want from you. And a lot of times, let me just tell you a little secret. This is just, I mean, again, I'm not no expert on, I'm not no dating expert. I'm not trying to be a dating guru, but I'm a married man who married the girl of my dreams. That's all I can say. I'm married. I love my wife. I plan to be married to her forever. And she was literally the girl of my, she was my number one draft pick. It's like the NFL draft. She, if, if, if there was an NFL draft for black women, she would have been my number one draft pick. That's the perspective I'm coming from. So I'm not, I'm not really so much able to really talk as much about what it's like to date somebody when you're 25 years old because but I can tell you some things that might help you. I can tell you some things that might help you because I have been there and done that. And I will tell you that that one thing that really helped me a lot. You know one thing that really helped me? I read a book when I was 30. And the book was by Dr. Barbara DeAngelis. And the book was called What Women Want Men to Know. And I, because I wanted to take the time to get inside the mind of women. I wanted to go inside. I said, what makes women tick? What, what do they want? And it was the most, it was like going into, it was like Alice in Wonderland, everything or, or that, uh, or the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. I went to Narnia. I went to this whole other universe where I was like, this doesn't even make any sense, but I'm taking notes. And I'm trying to understand this. And I, I still, don't get me wrong. I never figured out the whole puzzle. I got daughters. I'm still trying to figure all that out. But it helped me so much in terms of understanding that you cannot look at the whole world from your own point of view. If all you know is your own perspective, then you're going to be blind, deaf, dumb, and stupid and frustrated as hell. If you are frustrated by something, like if you're like, man, all these women, they don't, they don't, they don't seem to want me. And I'm a high value man. Well, maybe you got to go find out maybe why you might not be as high value as you think, or maybe you're chasing after the wrong women, or maybe the you're just doing things in the wrong way. Nobody knows. I don't know. I can't answer that for you. I, but I can tell you some things are pretty simple. Like, you know, you go out and get something, you go own some property and buy and get some income <laughs> that tends to make a difference. But then there's other factors too. There's a whole lot of other ways to skin that cat. And, uh, and I really find it um, sad, you know, when I look online and you see people that are just complaining about the dating pool, just complaining that there are no good women out there, there are no good men, there are plenty of people out there that you could be with. And uh, also, I, I think it's interesting that people don't even consider what the objective is. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Well, if you're dating and looking for marriage, that's very different from dating and looking for a hookup, a, you know, a partner for cuffing season or a booty call. If you're looking for a hookup or a booty call or whatever, that's not the same as looking for a wife. That's not the same as looking for a husband. And sometimes I think we get those two things muddled. I think that we uh, we think that we're looking we, we start looking for one the same way we would look for the other. We say, oh, I got all these like a woman would say, I got all these men that want to sleep with me. So it's going to be easy for me to find a husband when I'm ready to find one. Well, you don't understand a man sleeping with you is not the same level of commitment as a man um, as a man trying to actually marry you. And the man who gives you good sex is not the man necessarily who might be the best husband for you. Uh, so it's almost like I'm a track and field fan. I used to be a track coach. And it's like in track and field, a you don't try to you don't put you don't put a sprinter in a marathon. You don't try to sign up for the marathon and find your fastest sprinter and assume your fastest sprinter is going to be a great runner in the marathon. So marriage is a marathon. Having sex with you is a sprint. <laughs> Getting get, get busy with you or, 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 or do, you know, doing something on a Friday night, that's just a sprint. That's easy. Any buffoon can slide in your bed and give you the time of your life, take you on the wildest roller coaster ride. But only a real man can know what it means to commit to you for the rest of his life, take care of your kids, put up with you, 
for the next 20, 30 years, even as you gain weight, get go through menopause or put him through shit. He's going to have to be built a certain way. And that's my point. And this is where the black community is losing is that you have fewer men and women who are built to be spouses. You have fewer men and women that are really truly built to be spouses. You ain't built like your parents were. You ain't built like your grandparents were. In fact, that training begins when you're a baby. A lot of that training begins when you're a baby. And if you don't have that training, it's not too late for you. But the problem is you have to be humble enough to accept the fact that you might have that deficiency. See, that's the problem. People are not humble. People believe they know everything. People walk around, think about this. I'm a professor and I'll talk about all the things I don't know. And I'm sitting here laughing about people that have one fiftieth of the education I have who think they know everything. Right? Never listen to people who think they know everything. because I And I definitely don't know everything. But I'm sitting here saying to you that if you can't be humble enough to accept the fact that maybe your outcomes are driven by this person called you, you called Y-O-U, then you're going to always be confused. So if I'm a person who didn't get, like if I didn't get man training, like if no man on a daily basis was around to teach me what it means to be a man and what it means to be a father, what it means to be a husband, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go read books. I'm going to go find mentors. I'm going to go watch training from, not not from men who are teaching you how to go get girls. That's a different skill set. Men who can teach you how to be a husband, how to teach you how to head a household, how to be a father, how to be a leader, how to be all these things that a woman respects and desires. If you can't uh, learn from people like that, and somebody mentioned Kevin Samuels, let me just tell you this. Uh, I liked a lot of what Kevin Samuels said sometimes because I thought he was smart. He was logical. Kevin Samuels did a video about me. He was very supportive. So I have nothing negative to say about him as a person. Well, only thing I would say is that I would not take advantage, take full advice from him about women, largely because if you look at Kevin's history of dating, Kevin did not have a great uh, history of dating and relationships. I, I don't know how many times he was married and all that, but I don't think Kevin had a good relationship with his with his ex-wife. I don't think he, well, she was his ex-wife. I don't think Kevin had a good relationship with his daughter. Uh, also, remember Kevin, um, Kevin died alone. Right. You know, and this is what I was talking about when, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, you know, what the other sex, the opposite sex is doing wrong. You're going to die alone. You're blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, Kevin died in a hotel room with a woman that met him the day before. If that if that ain't dying alone, I don't know what is. And I hate being the one who says this because I know people get mad at me when I, when I bring this kind of thing up. And I'm not trying to speak ill of this man because I think he was very intelligent. But I think that this is what, you ha- what happens when you spend so much time criticizing what everybody else is doing wrong, but you don't even focus on what you might be doing wrong or where you might need to be corrected. And, and I just don't have any interest in having conversations with anyone. And let's take Kevin out of the discussion. He's not part of the conversation anymore. I don't think you can have a productive conversation with anybody who feels that like they can't be corrected. So, fellas, if you meet, if you run into women who think they know everything, those are not fun women to talk to. You know, same thing. Women, if you talk to men who think they know everything and want to, you know, want to be leaders of the household and all this other stuff, but can't lead nothing, ain't never took no training in how to be a leader. How, how, the, how in the hell... Does a man expect you to follow him when he's dumber than you, when he when he knows less than what you know, when you know all the right answers and he won't even hear you when you give him the right answers? That's fr- that's got to be frustrating as shit. I'm sorry. You know, so so a lot of you guys that want to lead, that want to be the head of the household and all this other stuff, the king and I'm the, the you know, you need to follow me. Well, then you either need to um, find you a nice, dumb woman or you need to step your game up uh, because, you know, unfortunately, when you're not really raised by a man properly on a daily basis, there's a lot you have to still learn. There's a lot you got to (laughs) learn so much. (laughs) And the thing about it is that it's one of those deficiencies that you don't even know that you have. Um, It just exists. And you just think that you're like everybody else when really there's a, there's a huge difference between yourself and other people. And I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm not saying that you're, you're garbage. And and I agree with you. Uh, This brother says, Kevin was the truth. Um, I think Kevin was the truth. Sometimes he, what Kevin was the absolute truth when he did not um, build his platform by attacking black women and making them feel bad about their dating situation. That's what I cannot appreciate because it's a, dating is complex. Uh, every time there's an election, people wonder, why won't you go vote for Joe Biden? Why can't you let the past be the past? Well, because Joe Biden was one of the people that put so many black men in prison. And that's why you have this shortage that you have is that a lot of your best men are locked up. And, and, and if they are locked up, their daddy was locked up. So their daddy wasn't around to teach them what a man's supposed to do. So if a man never learns the sacrifice and the service required to be the head of a household, some men are just not going to do it. They say, why would I do that? 
Um, it's like it's like when I ran. Uh, actually, I'm gonna give you an example after I uh, ask you all to do something real quick. Can you please hit the thumbs up button? Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, just a reminder, I'll be in Dallas May 19th doing a two day Black Wealth training camp. So if you want to join us, just go to BoyceWatkins.com to learn more. Uh, also, this podcast is on Spotify. So if you look up either Boyce Watkins or the Dr. Boyce Breakdown, you can find it on Spotify. And uh, if you want to get text alerts when I go live, uh, you can text the word Boyce to 31996. I'll leave it on the screen. Text Boyce to 31996. Uh, YouTube. And the reason it's important to have the text line is because YouTube shadow bans black channels and stuff like that. So we don't reach nearly we, we probably reach less than one half of one percent of our total audience. So um, if you get on the text line, we can reach you directly and that'll make it easier. So we don't have to worry about what YouTube does. All right. So thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. So, um, you know, so so let me you know, the, the thing that I think we have to consider is. Uh, is this. When you're talking about building family, you see, see, the number one thing that white folks did to you during your Holocaust, you know, slavery, Jim Crow, mass incarceration, the war on drugs, Joe Biden, um, the things that they did to you, Joe Biden's mass incarceration, that's what I'm referring to. Um, the thing that they did that really hurt you the most is they destroyed your families. Uh, family is the key to power. It's the key to wealth. And that is true all over the world. And so black people, if you look around, I want you to really count how many young black children don't have a father in the house every day. I want you to look at how many families are scattering and struggling. And these struggles end up uh, appearing not just uh, financially. Financial struggle is real. But then also uh, they struggle in terms of health and relationships and everything else. So you have to rebuild your families. And the thing about rebuilding your families is that you're going to have to relearn skills that your grandparents knew before integration. They lost those skills. Right. And uh, and so. Um, the thing about that is rebuilding those skills requires men to really understand what that means, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a husband, all these other things. Um, and the thing about it is that not only did they destroy your families, they destroyed your values. They killed your value system. So uh, values, let me explain why values are an important part of this process. This is why I don't believe white people should be educating black people. If you're white, I'm not mad at you. I just don't want you educating our kids because I don't think you do a very good job at it. You give them the wrong values. Values doesn't just tell you what's what. Value tell, values tell you what's important right? and what's worth sacrificing for. So uh, here's my point. Here's what I'm saying. So uh, think about it like this. Uh, I didn't grow up in a family with runners. Nobody in my family ever ran a marathon, none of that stuff. My wife introduced me to the running culture. She started, you know, when, when I was gaining weight, blood pressure, going up, all that, she said, hey, boys, why don't you come run with me? And I would go to these 5K, 10K races with my wife. Pay attention now. I promise you this analogy works. And uh, and I would see all these white people who were running these marathons. I'm talking about 70, 80-year-old people running marathons. I said, well, holy crap, that's crazy. And I met a white lady one time. I remember she ran the marathon. She fell. Five miles in, she fell down, cut her leg open, and she kept on going. I said, why didn't you stop? She said, because I, I can't stop. I have to finish. And I was like, no, you don't. You don't have to finish. She's like, yes, I do. I have to finish. That was her value system. Do you follow them? That was her value. Her values were that she had to finish. Where did she get that value from? She got it from the fact that that's what her family does. Her family, they all run marathons. So if you fall down and it gets hard, you get tired, you keep going. If you're if you get if you're injured, you keep going. If you don't feel like doing it, you keep going. Right? Now, imagine if that was a member of my family. Pay attention now. A member of my family where we never run marathons. We don't run more than we might run. You know, we might run to the refrigerator and back. That's about it. Right. And and, and imagine if somebody in my family says, hey, you know, I think I'm going to try this marathon thing. So they start running and five miles in. They fall down and they cut their leg open. <laughs> what do you think that somebody in my family is going to do if they ran their first marathon and they fall down and they cut their leg open? You think they're going to keep going? Give me a yes or no. Do you think they're going to finish the race? Do you think they're going to say, I got to finish? It's important. This is, you know, it's important to finish the race. Once you start the marathon, you got to finish. Do you think they're going to say that? Or do you think that they're, they're going to wrap their little bleeding leg up, walk off the walk off the track and say, hey, you know, I would have finished, but it got hard. It got it got really hard. It, it, was, it was impossible to finish because I cut my leg open and it was raining and it was just a hard day. And I just decided to go home and drink some lemonade. Right. So, so here's what I'm getting at. I need y'all to pay attention now. This is important. That's relationships. That's marriage. Marriage is a motherfucking marathon. Marriage is a marathon, right? And so, so if you don't have, 
anybody that ever convinced you or trained you or taught you that the marathon is worth finishing, even when you're tired, even when it's hard, even when you're injured, then you're not probably, you're probably not going to finish. You're going to look at that. And you're going to say, why in the hell would somebody voluntarily run 26.2 miles? That's insane, right? Right? So, so so that goes back to relationships. A lot of people are like, why in the hell? I'm a player player. I got women everywhere. Why in the hell would I give up all the hoes in exchange for a wife who's going to nag me, expect things from me, keep telling me I can't go to the club no more, take some of my money, have all these expectations of me? I don't want to do it. Do you follow what I'm saying? Well, why does he feel that way? Well, because he never grew up in a culture where he saw another man run the marathon. He never saw another man make the sacrifice. So his value system is not built for this. He's not, you know, and the, here's the thing. It doesn't mean it can't change. I, I did eventually run a marathon, but it required me to embrace a new value system. It required me to educate myself on all the health benefits that come with finishing the damn race. I had to convince myself that I'm going to break the generational curse of my family of not exercising past the age of 35. And I, so I finished the race. So you can finish the race of marriage, but you got to admit that, that it's going to require an adjustment in your thinking. Seriously, you know, if you had a daddy who was dated your mama for eight months and nine, you know, eight months and nine days and then was never to be seen again, you got to accept that that's not the way I'm going to do things this time. That's not what my children are going to go through. That's not what my woman is going to see from me. I'm, if I have a baby with you, I'm going to be attached to the hip with you through hell and high water, no matter what it takes, because I got to be inside the house with my child under any circumstances. But here's the other thing, too. Here's the other fascinating part. Pay attention now. The hard part about marriage is that it's not just a marathon. It's a double marathon. So you're not just running the race. You got to run the race with another person. Some of y'all can't finish the marathon because you tried to run a marathon with a sprinter. As a track coach, I can tell you that it is impossible to finish a marathon when you're running with a sprinter. Sprinters are very good at running really fast for about 100 meters, maybe 200 meters, 400 meters if they're in shape. A sprinter cannot finish three miles of a marathon. So when you decide, hey, you know, I'm committed. I get it. I understand. Family, legacy, values. I want my family to be strong. Marriage. I'm going to do all that. I'm committed to it. Don't sign the contract with a person who isn't trained to do the same thing. You got to make sure y'all are equally yoked in that regard. You got to both understand. When I signed up to run that marathon with my wife that day in Chicago in 2019, I got pictures of it. I framed that shit because I never thought I'd run a marathon. We both walked into that with the same mindset. We both got up at four o'clock in the morning, tired as hell, wanted to keep sleeping. It was a cold day, cold as hell. We wanted to stay in the bed and stay cuddled up and warm. Running down this damn race, tired as hell. Got to, there's nothing like running 16 miles and then having them tell you, oh, there's only nine, only, only 10 miles left. You want to talk about depressing, like hopelessness? I never thought I would get through that race, but I ran it with my wife because we both signed up for the race because we had the same values. If I had not been willing to change my values and become a marathon runner with her, then she should not have been running that race with me. She should have run it with somebody else. So that's what I'm telling you is that if you want to do stuff that people talk about in theory, like family, legacy, marriage, I don't know. Maybe I'm sounding maybe I'm sounding idealistic here when it's like maybe we don't we don't want to keep traumatizing our kids by having them have to grow up without the protection of a father. But maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be uppity here. I don't want to be uppity and say I think black children deserve a mother and a father. I, that Lord Jesus, I, I don't want to be acting white up in here. But let me just tell you this. Look, if you want to do all these things, you're going to have to understand that there is a re-education process required for anybody in our community who's serious about having healthy, strong relationships. 
And the benefit, though, just like the benefit of, of me learning how to run a marathon was that I was healthier than ever. I'm literally stronger and more fit at 51 than I was at 41. Do you hear me? Like the benefits are massive. So, so the same way with family and legacy, you'll find that having a good marriage and a good family makes things that were really hard, super easy. Chris Rock may had a good analogy. He said, he said, two people can easily move a couch. He said, but for one person, it's impossible. <laughs> for one person, you can't move the damn couch. You'd be out there all day. Two people, though, can easily move a couch. So if you come into relationships with a mindset of service and a mindset of saying, okay, I'm going to pick me the right partner who has the same mindset that I do, and we're going to serve the relationship, not serve, I'm not serving you, I'm not serving myself, we're serving this relationship. Or if you're a Christian, you have the benefit of saying we're serving God. I, I believe in that. I think that's a good thing. I'm not, a, I'm, I don't even go to church, but I'm going to tell you, when you're serving something bigger than yourself, that's the idea. It has to be bigger than yourself then you're going to you're going to succeed and you're going to have you're going to unlock a superpower that will be the envy of all of your friends. And when I say serving something bigger than yourself, the reason that that's such a big deal that, that, that we just said that is I want you to listen to the rhetoric online when people talk about relationships. Everything is about self. Everything is selfishness. Everything is, well, I'm not going to put up with that. Ain't no, I'm, you got to be a sucker to raise another man's kids. What's wrong with you? I got, I, I ain't no sucker. Or, or no, I, I ain't going to put up with no man treating me like that. I got to be happy. So I got to end the relationship because da da da. Ain't even talk to your kids. Ain't even ask your kids how your kids feel about losing their daddy. You just, you just like, I got to do what's best for me. All that stuff is selfishness, in my opinion. The question becomes, in my opinion, and here's the thing, if you can't answer this question in the affirmative, then I need you to do a, do the world a favor. Do not ever have a relationship with another person that is expected to last longer than six months. Do never, never have a relationship with another person that uh, goes beyond a certain level of intimacy. Never have a relationship with a person that involves the word marriage or wedding or any of those words because you're wasting people's time. So the question I'm going to ask you is this, and I want you to give me a yes or no in the chat because I think this is an important question. Are you willing to truly and unconditionally commit yourself to something bigger than yourself? That is the question. Answer me in the chat if you want to. Are you willing to commit yourself unconditionally to something bigger than yourself? You know, mothers can do that with their kids. A lot of mothers will sacrifice themselves for their kids. But uh, if you have a family, are you willing to sacrifice what you want for what the family needs? Are you willing to um, are you willing to lose an argument in a, in a relationship because you want to keep the relationship strong? Do you want to be right or be or stay married? Right. That's a that's a challenge. A lot of husbands and wives go through. Right. That's the question. And, and, and literally, if you can't answer that question in the affirmative, then that's OK. Uh, it just means you might just have to rise solo in your life and maybe you can do it for a while. The risk of running solo, though, is that there's going to probably come a time in your life where you need some help. See, the trick of youth, the thing that, that, that youth does to us is it makes us think we're going to stay young forever. And I'm willing to bet you that when Kevin Samuels was the big shot on the Internet, making lots of money from his YouTube channel, probably making a million dollars a year. And a, a lot of women wanted to hang out with him. I'm sure he had no trouble finding pretty girls that would come hang out with him. But then, unfortunately, when Kevin was 55 and fall, fell over from a heart attack. He wasn't next to a wife who had invested 10 years in his well-being. He was next to a lady who had pretty much known him for 24 hours. And that creates a really vulnerable, almost nightmarish situation that I, that millions of men have been in before. Uh, there's a whole movie about it. It's a movie called As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson. And it's basically about an old guy, older guy who says, I'm young. I'm a player. I don't want to be committed. I don't want the responsibility of a relationship and he's dating all these girls that are like half his age. And then one day he just kind of has a heart attack <laughs> and, and he and he has a heart. Now, now here's the thing. Uh, a lot of guys that, that get in their 50s. That's the thing. We get in our 50s. We think we, we think we're still in our 20s and 30s. Uh, black men have a much higher probability of heart attacks and strokes in their 40s and 50s than everybody else. Why? Well, because black men don't go to the doctor. Black men eat the fattiest, saltiest foods. Black men don't exercise a lot of us. Uh, so when you get that beer belly and you eating that, eating them barbecue ribs and, and, and all this other stuff that's got all that uh, and cheeseburgers and whatnot, 
and you're not checking to see if your health is okay because you feel like you're Superman, that's when these guys fall over and have strokes and whatever. And God forbid if, if, if it involves something like drugs or whatever the case may be. So effectively what occurs, and there was a black woman who did this video that everybody should watch. I wish I could find it, but she was a nurse in the stroke ward. And she said, I really want to warn and let black men know that she said, I work in the ward for strokes. And she said that in this ward, there are all these handsome men, handsome men with good jobs. And, and, and when it's time for a loved one to come and check on them and make sure they're OK, she would say, well, where's your wife? Don't you have a wife coming in? And, the, and they would say, "Nah, I didn't I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to settle down. I wanted to be a player and all this, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is that there, there's a certain risk that comes with that. Right. So so flying solo. Um, is not, I mean, it's everybody's right to do whatever they want in life, in my opinion. Uh, but I really think that if you can make family work, if you can find the right people to uh, build that with, uh, the right teammates, you'll find that you can achieve things at, a, at an easier level than you could. Even just the idea of chasing women. Uh, once you get past 40 something, it kind of gets old because you've kind of been there, done that. You, you know, you kind of seen a little bit of everything. And then you get, you're getting kind of tired and you're trying to achieve certain things. And what I found was that having one person, one consistent person around allowed me to focus. And uh, and that that's another thing, too. There's something that comes out in a man when he's not spending all his money chasing random women that he doesn't know. And he's actually pouring into and investing consistently in one thing called a family, especially if that family is preserving some form of his legacy. Right. So, again, this conversation ain't for everybody. Some people are not going to like it. Maybe some guys might think it's a it's a, it's a conversation for simps. Uh, that's that's to me, unfortunately, that's the immature language that we've been um, that we've been pushed into. I think that there is an effort in this country to keep the black man as a little boy. I think that the uh, that hip hop culture has not been beneficial in terms of teaching black men the importance of family and legacy. But even some of the rappers, some of the most ratchet rappers on earth, uh, you see them with their spouses, you see them with their kids, you see them some of them been married 20 or 30 years some of them ice cube came on here ice cube's been married to kim for many many years think about this ice cube could have had any woman he wanted he was ice cube for god's sake he's got all this money why wouldn't ice cube be running around with a new woman every week well because ice cube made a song in 1998 that y'all need to go listen to the song was called the chorus was ass over cash and he basically said that the guys who are chasing women instead of chasing their goals are gonna end up losing that it makes you weak it makes you unfocused it causes you to make critical mistakes. So I heard that song when I was in my late 20s and I really liked that song. So you look at even Snoop Dogg has been married to the same woman for many years. So any guy who doesn't understand why a person would do that, like why a man wouldn't think that having all the women in the world isn't the most important thing in the world, that person usually is someone who doesn't, who's never had that experience, right? Like when you've had a little bit of fame and a little bit of whatever, right? I've had a little bit of that, right? I've, I've been in spaces where uh, when I got money, my jokes became funnier. Uh, when I got money, I became more handsome. When I got, when I became well-known, I became the most interesting man in the world for certain women. And you start learning that having everything that you want isn't always a good thing. In fact, sometimes it can cause you not just to be distracted, but you can be exploited that way. So, so there are some men who I think get there. They're like, okay, been there, done that. Now let me build something that's real. Let me create something that's real. Let me create something that reflects my legacy. And I think it's important to teach that to young men so they can kind of understand and appreciate these things. But I also think there are things that women can learn too. And I really appreciate women like Ayana Van Zant who went on in on the griot and sort of you know set that lady straight to help her understand that you can't just pick a man just because of how much money he's got. A man is not a commodity. He's not an accessory. He's not an extra Gucci bag to go with your Gucci shoes and your uh, Louis Vuitton purse. He is a he is a human being. And he and, and really here's the other thing too. The women who think only about money, who only care about a man's money, they're usually incredibly unattractive to men who have money because men who have money can spot the gold diggers from a mile away and they say, oh, OK, so you think you're going to get all my money. Fine. You give me what you got and then I'm going to let you think you're going to get my money. And I might sprinkle a little bit on you. I might take you out a couple places and make you think I'm going to do more. But at that point, I'm going to move on and I'm going to find a woman who loves me for me. The biggest challenge that a man has when he actually has resources and has power or has some significant thing that women want is that he's always one wondering which women want him for the status and which women want him because of who he is. I want you to just think about this, right? I met so many women. Once I became about 2006, 
I was doing a lot of national TV. So I would meet a lot of women who knew me. Almost every woman I met after that point knew me before I met her. Almost every single one. I never had to walk up and say, hi, my name is Boyce. Hey, I'd like to get to know you. It didn't happen because the women would know me. They would come up to me and they'd want to talk to me. Right. So and every now and then I would date somebody. And here's the thing. Uh, what? So pay attention now. Who did I end up marrying? Who did I marry? Did I marry um, some, you know, supermodel on the cover of a magazine? No, I married a woman I'd known for 25 years. I married a woman I knew from back in the day. I married the woman who didn't even know. She didn't even know that I was like Dr. Boyce, whatever that means for people. I didn't know that she was surprised. We, we went to London and people recognized me on the street in London. We went to Philly. People recognized me on the street in Philly. We went to L.A. People recognized me. She's like, Boyce, why are all these people coming up and talking to you? Oh, my gosh, what are you doing? And that's when I explained it. <clears throat> and, and, and part of that is driven by the fact that um, I think that men who have stuff, the so-called high value men uh, th that are intelligent anyway, are they're really looking for something deeper and richer than just somebody who shows up with a BBL in a Gucci purse. Like I, I just really do. I, I, again, maybe there are men who, I, I think that that's interesting, right? I think that that, you know, if you got the BBL and the Gucci purse, you, you might still always get men to look at you, but a man looking at you doesn't mean the man sees you. People can look at you all day, but that may not, that doesn't usually mean that they actually see you. Uh, and if you present yourself in too much of a, um, as too much of a, uh, of a cartoon character, if you will, or too much of a uh, sex kitten or whatever women think that they need to be to get men's attention, then it's going to be harder and harder for those people to actually see you as a human being where they say, OK, I want my that's that woman to be my wife. I want her to raise my kids. Now, again, if you, if you don't want any of that, then, then all bets are off. But I know that the way a man views a wife and the children is almost like almost like a goddess type of level. Like she's so important. She's so significant. She's, she can literally, you know, go through a, an accident and look like Java the Hutt, but she's going to have a certain amount of authority in your life that some woman with a BBL ain't never going to get. Like a, a, a pretty girl, no matter how gorgeous she is, will never get the authority of a wife who's like right next to you, who's literally your partner in life, right? She's raising your kids. I mean, it's just a, it's a level of status that's just to the point where she doesn't have to compete with the hoes because it's not, it's a whole different competition. She's playing a whole, she's playing basketball and the hoes are playing tennis. Like really, like she's not even playing the same game as them. So they can't compete. No matter how good of a tennis player you are, you'll never be a basketball player. Right. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I hope my analogies, I do weird analogies sometimes, but I hope it makes the point. But anyway, um, that's, I don't have much else to say about this. Um, I'm going to say, if you, if you won't date a man who's a bus driver, you know, I think it's your right, but I think you might be missing out on a lot of great men. But then again, I, I'm not mad at the lady for saying it, but I'm glad Ayana gave her perspective on it, too. Um, I think it comes down to what this woman wants. Like, do you just want a rich guy or do you want a man that's going to really love you and give you a good life? If that's the case, and you might not want to just pick a man based on how much money he has. That's just my two cents. All right. So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Um, I will be in Dallas on May 19th for the Black Wealth Training Camp. You guys know that um, that that's what we do in the Black Business School. We believe in Black Wealth and all these other things. Also, uh, if you want to take a look at our financial flashcards for kids, uh, we believe in teaching economics to your children at an early age. Uh, feel free to go to financialflashcards.com. Uh, that's the URL on the screen, financialflashcards.com. Uh, last but not least, uh, I want to say thank you to Miriam uh, Miriam is Miriam Williams. Uh, Miriam closes ATL. She's a realtor and a broker out of Atlanta that sponsored this podcast. So thank you, Miriam, for sponsoring this. Uh, and I uh, hope you will support this sister because she is uh, supporting a, a black owned platform so we can reach people with intelligent conversations. If you have a black owned business and you'd like to um, get me to shout you out, feel free to go to drboycefinance.com. That's drboysfinance.com. A nice lady named Micah will take good care of you. And uh, you support us. We'll support you. All right, guys. Well, take care. God bless you. And thank you so much for listening. I'll see you soon. Peace.